Are you silent or have you ever felt silenced? And I'm not talking about the silence where you were rudely interrupted or you were given the universal finger to mouth shush symbol. I mean the type of silencing where your voice and your choice are ripped from you. Well, today's show is for the survivors, even the ones who haven't reclaimed their voice just yet. Today, we really mean it when we say your story deserves a stage. What's up? It's Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. And welcome to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, the show where we figure out how people got from there to here. We deep dive into their past. We deep dive into their presence. We just deep dive to figure out how they navigated from the challenges that they've had to face to the success that they now embrace. And so let's do that today. But before we dive into our episode for today, I want to remind you about a couple of things. Number one, if you are up for some inspiration, some motivation, some mm, some some Asian to get into your week, we do the Monday morning get up every Monday morning at 8:30 a.m. If you want to be notified when we do this and when we go live, do your man a favor. Text 410-936-4049. You can just type RK3 Live and text 410. 410- 936-4049. The other thing that I want to make sure that you are aware of, my goodness, if you are a small business owner, if you are somebody who is aspiring to own a small business, or if you are looking to gain visibility for yourself, one of the best ways to do that is through the art of storytelling. And not just the art of storytelling, but telling your story unearthing your particular story and using that as an asset to help draw people closer to you, help you to connect with your audience so that you can help them navigate to their next level or to their success as well. With that said, we want you to join us to do just that on February 22nd and 23rd for the Story to Stage Summit. Two days, nine powerful speakers. I know this because I'm one of them. (laughs) We're going to have nine powerful speakers that are going to be able to help you to unearth and then unleash your story so that you can truly make the difference that you were meant to make. So go ahead to www.storytostage.com and register for that event. And we will see you in the room on those two days. Finally, before we jump into our guest for the day, If you are enjoying what you're hearing on the What's My Story podcast or what you're seeing on the What's My Story podcast, I want to encourage you to check out the podcast on the audio version. You can go to whatsmystorypodcast.live and the new episodes are released every Thursday. Whatsmystorypodcast.live and the audio versions of these episodes are released every Thursday. Ah, with that. I want to introduce my guest for today. Greta McLean has served as a police officer for 12 years previously. 
And then she was the chairperson for Puddles and Paws. Yeah, you know, that means she's cute and cuddly, right? <laughs> she's also a United Nations Global Goals Ambassador. She's the recipient of the Mary Catherine Strobel Award for Social Justice Work in her community and recently named the United State of Women Ambassador. Greta McLean, what's your story? Hey, Greta, how you doing today? So good to see you. Good to see you. Happy to be here. I appreciate you having me on and I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. You said you just got recently named United State of Women Ambassador. Tell me a little bit about that. What's that about? Yes, sir. United State of Women is an organization who works to build uh, awareness and amplify women's voices especially around things such as equality, whether it's gender equality, um, pay equality, things like that, equal access to opportunities. And I'm really thrilled to, to be a 2022 ambassador. I look forward to the work and look forward to learning a lot from some of the people in other states who are also ambassadors. Love that, love that. So you are in the state of Tennessee, at this point, um, are you experiencing the, the crazy weather there? What's, what's, what's happening there with, with, with uh, the weather? <laughs> yes, it has been absolutely insane. We went from a few weeks ago having spring blooms come up because yeah. it was so warm to six and a half inches of snow. Wow. Like less than a week. So, yeah, it's been insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a crazy winter. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I want to talk a little bit about your story. Your story is that, and I won't share all of this, I'll let, I'll let you do most of it here. You were a police officer, um, which means that you were, you, you kicked butt sometimes, right? You, you, were, you were able to, you, you were athletic, you were well-trained, you were trained to protect and serve. And so you had, you're, no, you're not a weakling by any stretch. You, you were able to physically do some things. And yet, there was a moment, there was a space in your life where you lost your voice, you lost your choice, and you were overpowered. So um, tell us a little bit about what happened and, and tell us about that moment. Maybe tell us about kind of what led to it and then share with us um, what was the situation that took place for you. Yes, sir. I had coming home uh, from a vacation and stopped at a truck stop, used the restroom, grabbed something to eat and hadn't gotten very far from my car, maybe 10 feet when someone grabbed me, shoved me against the hood of my car. We fought. Uh, like you said, I had been an officer for 12 years. I could handle myself when I had to. And unfortunately, I guess probably age some of it because it was 17 years after I left the department yeah. uh, and just a lack of practice uh, was not able to fight him off and he raped me. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. So this happens. And, and for those that are watching, I, I want to be clear. This isn't something that happened uh, decades ago. This is, about five years ago in 2017, it is. So after this situation happens, I mean, you, as maybe 
expected for for victims or survivors of this. Um, what are some of the feelings? What are some of the emotions that you're dealing with over the next X amount of weeks? What are you dealing with emotionally and mentally? I don't know. I can't speak for all victims and survivors. For me, part of the emotions I was feeling as being a former police officer and having never really thought that there would be a time when I could not defend myself, Mm -hmm. I, you know, felt guilty. I felt ashamed that I wasn't able to uh, fight him off and prevent him from raping me. And I had also never considered the fact that a police officer could be raped. I mean, Mm -hmm. anybody can. It happens to, you know, all kinds of people. But at that particular time, you know, like you said, police officers protect and serve. They're there to keep people from being raped. They aren't raped themselves. So I was really afraid that people would not believe me because I had never considered that it could happen. So why would anybody else think that it could happen? That's kind of what was going through my mind. And between feeling ashamed because I couldn't defend myself and blaming myself like so many victims do um, and afraid that people wouldn't believe me, I unfortunately quickly began to spiral into a deep depression. Mm. Wow. So one of the things that when this happens for for other survivors, um, people on the outside tend to say, well, why didn't they report it? Or why didn't they do this? And they ask all sorts of why didn't they questions to put the blame or the onus or the pressure or the burden on the person who was attacked or victimized in the first place. So um, what were some of the questions that um, you had to deal with as, as a police officer? And what were some of those those uh, victimization or re-victimization questions that came your way once people may maybe knew a little bit about what was going on? I attempted to keep it a secret. I didn't want to tell anyone because I was afraid that they would blame me. Um, Having been in law enforcement, I had seen it happen, you know, in the past. Um, People blaming, you know, family members, sometimes law enforcement, sometimes, you know, the court system asking questions like, well, why did you go to his house or why did you do this or that? And so I just tried to make up, you know, excuses for a black eye, bruises on my wrist, pardon me, um, busted lip. And of course, no one was believing it. Um, So they would they would ask questions like, no, you you can tell me they sense they thought they knew what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just wouldn't talk about it you know, tried to pretend that it didn't happen. So they knew I wasn't going to talk about it. So I'm, I was lucky um, that I didn't have a lot of that. Well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Because they didn't have any information to try to, to use to, to blame me. Yeah. But sadly, a lot of um, victims, they are blamed, you know, it's like, well, why did you go by yourself? Or what, why did you do this or that? And you know, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what time it is. You know, we should all be able to go where we want and wear what we want without 
worrying that someone is going to attack us, whether it's sexually, whether it's to, you know, we drive into a neighborhood wearing Rolex watch, diamond rings, and a Ferrari. Right. That doesn't give somebody the, you know, the right to rob you. Mm. And it's the same thing with sexual assault. Wow. So you're, you're not able to share this information. You're holding all of this stuff in. What are the things that you're doing now to deal in this, with, with this thing? What, what are you starting to experience? What are some of the things that you begin to uh, struggle with, explore? How, how are you dealing with this? I turned to my faith mm-hmm. um, and was doing a lot of praying and hoping that, you know, just, just by prayer that I'd feel all better, mm-hmm. but you know, that's not how anything works, whether it's prayer or, you know, medical care, mental health care, you have to be willing to do the work. And I was so mixed up, honestly, inside that I didn't know how to do the work or what the work was that I needed to do. Uh, So I, for about three months, prayed, you know, that he could just, God could just make it all go away and make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work that way. And I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know what, this isn't working. And I actually turned my back on God. I actually was like, you know what, he doesn't care. He's just going to let me keep suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just couldn't deal with it anymore and actually had formulated a plan and decided how I was going to kill myself. Wow. Wow. So you go through all of this, you're, you're contemplating suicide at this point, um, you're dealing with this personally in an isolated way. (laughs) You're, you're, you're kind of in this, you're in a crowd, but you're, you're by yourself. You're, you're, you're lonely. Um, what becomes the breaking point or the turning point for you where you decide that, you know what? And I'm going to steal the name of your, 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 your site here where you say to yourself, you know what? I can be silent no longer. But before you answer that, let's take a quick break. And I want to hear your answer. And I'm sure our people that are listening want to hear your answer as soon as we come back. Stand by. Hey, do you need time to focus on the income generating activities that grow your business? If so, my office professionals is the only agency you should consider. As an optimum business support agency, we provide virtual administrative support, online group coaching, technology training, graphic design and web design services through our vendor partnerships. We also help you build relationships using send out cards and we offer smart, simple legal coverage through Legal Shield. Contact My Office Professionals today and start growing your business tomorrow. Visit www.myofficeprofessionals.com. Make sure that you head on over to myofficeprofessionals.com because Teresa Robertson and her team. They've got multiple arms where you've only got two. I know I only have two. So make sure that if you want to show up at your best, appear your best, be as efficient 
and be at your best all the time, then make sure that you get some help, that you get some other arms, and the best place for you to get that is over at My Office Professionals. Head over to myofficeprofessionals.com and say RK3 sent you. Yeah, it'll make a difference. Trust me. <laughs> all right. So let's go back to our story here. So uh, Greta, yeah, so you're going through all of this stuff emotionally, physically, mentally, you're formulating this plan where you're like, listen, I, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. You've got this plan. You've got it all worked out in your mind. What is the breaking point for you that says, you know what? This really is not my fault. This is not on me. And because of that, I refuse to hold this in. I refuse to be silent. What's what's the turning point for you? The turning point was I was writing my last goodbye letter and I had gotten through the others fine. And this one just, I could not find the words. I was really struggling with the letter. So I decided to just take a break, clear my head. And I don't recall picking up my phone and logging into Facebook, but obviously I did. Um, and I started seeing me too, friend after friend after friend posting me too. And at that particular time, I had no earthly idea what it meant. I hadn't been on social media. I hadn't watched television, hadn't even listened to the radio in several days. So I hadn't even heard about me too. But once I figured out what it was, I was really struck at how many friends of mine, people I personally knew had been through something at least somewhat similar and had found the courage to keep going. So I decided, okay, let me give it a shot. Let me try at least to keep going. And then it dawned on me that, you know, it wasn't at all in the way that I expected, but this was, um, in my view, God's way of answering my prayer. Never thought it would be in a social media hashtag, but um, it gave me the courage to try to keep going, you know, even if it was day by day, minute by minute. And it gave me a purpose and a meaning to what I had gone through. And I realized if Alyssa Milano hadn't have posted me too, and then that led to all, you know, over 12 million people and 24 hours to post it, I probably wouldn't be here. Mm. So I've been given a gift and I have a responsibility to give back and to use that gift. So since then, I've decided that my mission uh, is going to be to share my story so that others may hopefully be inspired or at least take it day by day. Uh, if I just save one life, yeah. then my gosh, it's, you know, I won't say that it was worth it because I still obviously wish that I hadn't been raped, but um, it, again, it gives it purpose. Yeah. So that that's my goal is to reach as many people as I can, let them know that there is hope, that you aren't alone. You don't have to go through it alone. There are people out there that want to listen and want to help. Yeah. And there are people who, you know, are more than willing to stick up for you and advocate for you if people, you know, are trying to give, you know, trying to blame you. Yeah. Um, 
projects and a lot of programs and services. Most of ours are based in Tennessee, but there are excellent programs all over the country. You aren't going to be judged. You aren't going to be blamed. So if you need help, please, please reach out to someone. Yeah. One of the things, and, and we say this at the end of every episode, um, we say your story deserves a stage and, and that can be scary for people, right? They, they feel like, oh my gosh, I live a life or things have happened to me that are not pleasant. Why then do I want to put that on Broadway? Why do I want to share that with other people? Can you talk with us a little bit about um, any healing or any difference it has made for you to now be the voice or the advocate for, for others instead of just kind of, you know, sitting at home. Tell us a little bit about how that is a part of your healing or a part of your, your process. Talking in this type of way, whether it's in front of a camera or a microphone on a stage is definitely scary. Um, you can feel very anxious even after you've done it, but it's also very liberating and very empowering mm. because it's not a secret anymore. You know, mm. secrets hold a lot of power over people or can. And once we decide, I'm not going to keep it a secret anymore. It's not something for me to be ashamed of. Then it is, like I said, it's very liberating and it gets easier and easier each time you tell your story. And you don't have to necessarily tell it verbally. That's mm. one of the things that we do at Silent No Longer Tennessee is we provide outlets like painting, poetry, dance, you know, other creative mediums where people can share their story. It can still be very impactful uh, to the public. And it also helps them feel uh, empowered in a way that they feel comfortable. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I think one of the things that is challenging for some people is, yes, there are there's the side where somebody has um, experienced something that is no fault of their own. And then there's the other side where you kind of look on and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to help. I don't know the right thing to say. I don't know what to do. So what are some recommendations that you might have from those of us, for those of us who are on the other side? How can we um, be allies plus, I'll say it that way. How can we be an ally and then um, take the next step with people without overwhelming or causing them to re-traumatize uh, the situation? The best thing to start with is just to believe them. Mm. Statistically, 92 to 98% of all reported rapes, now only 33% are reported, but... 92 to 98% are credible reports. It's a very, very small amount that are false reports. So again, just believe them. Second is just listen. Let them work it out. Let them talk it out with you. And just let them make their own decisions. You know, if, if you're listening to them and they say, you know, they're telling you what happens, we may be thinking we're being helpful by saying, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you to file a police report or I'll go with you to the hospital for you to get checked out. If they haven't mentioned wanting to do that, 
don't don't mention it yourself, even though it is a good idea to do both. Um, it's their choice to make at the time when they're ready to make it, if they're ready to make it. Wow. We have to remember that they've had control over their bodies taken away from them. Mm, And if you haven't had that happen, you can't understand how impactful that is. But it's important for anyone who's had that happen to begin to regain control over what they can as quickly as they can and making their own decisions instead of feeling like they're being pushed in a certain direction is an excellent way to start. Wow. Wow. So tell us a little bit about your organization now. I mean, I think I love what you shared so far as far as not just having to get on a mic and tell your story, but painting and, and poetry and, and other, other things. I mean, uh, how did you begin to discover these other modalities or these other ways of healing, sharing stories? I began writing, journaling, and that was quite helpful. And as I got more and more into it and decided that I wanted to start an organization to help survivors, I did a lot of research. And there is phenomenal amount of research about how creativity can help with PTSD, uh, trauma, anxiety, depression. And I figured, you know what, not everybody can stand in front of a microphone and tell their story. Um, whether it's a good or bad story, some people just are, have a fear of public speaking. So if we can provide these other mediums, then it gives them, it empowers them with a way to share their story and things like dance, um, is I think good because it not only allows them to tell their story, but the activity is also very good for things like depression and anxiety. So we're trying to find overlaps in programs so that we can provide some of the best services and results for our clients. Wow. Yeah. This, I mean, I, I love what you're up to. Um, I'm definitely sorry that sometimes we have to respond to situations in our lives that are forced upon us. Um, but, and it, it kind of feels funny to even say it this way, but the outgrowth of that is that you have found a way to use that trauma, to use that, that, um, that situation to be transformational and, and helpful to others. So tell us a little bit about Silent No Longer Tennessee and how do people get in touch with you to, to, to get help? They can go to www.silentnolongertn.org. They can also email us at, pardon me, contact at silentnolongertn.org. If you are in Tennessee, you know, we're more than happy to help pair you with whatever programs and services that we can provide. Um, and if we, if you need something that we can't provide, then we will do referrals so that we can find you the help that you need. If you are outside of Tennessee, we can still make referrals to programs in your area that can provide services. And we can also, we've helped several people who are interested in starting similar programs in their communities that are in other states. And we're more than happy to provide whatever technical assistance we can to help you with that effort. 
Wow. Greta, thanks so much for not only sharing your story, but also becoming an advocate and taking the lead to making sure that others who experience similar situations, similar trauma, don't have to get to the point where they are writing the suicide letter or determining that they don't want to be here anymore. Because despite your situation, uh, your story, your voice is still valuable. And we thank you for sharing that. So uh, hang out in the green room for just a moment here as we wrap. I know that it might not be easy. And it's, it's quite simple for me to sit here and say, when things happen to you, that you should speak about them or you should open up about them because opening up about them is going to be helpful to someone else. I don't want to be that person that says you need to do certain things. What I do want to be or who I do want to be is that person that recognizes that some of the choices or some of the spaces or some of the situations in your life are not choices that you have intentionally made. Some of the situations in your life are situations where your voice has been taken from you. I do want you to realize that in spite of all of that, you do still have choice after. You do still have choice about what you do with the hurt. You do still have a choice about what you do with the pain. And one of the things that we love to espouse at this show is that even when you have pain, there are ways of making your pain pay. There are ways of profiting from your pain. And I don't want to make it seem like this, this thing that you should just use for, for reward. However, there are others that are going through similar challenges. And I want to encourage you that if you've experienced something that, as Greta has said, you take your choice back. You take your power back. You decide at some point, whenever you're ready, that you are going to share your story. Because everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story. And your story, yeah, your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3. I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. Peace. What's my story? Oh, yeah.